Let's pray together. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, but they have no root, they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell along and among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hears the word, retains it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Heavenly Father, may we be individuals who carry a noble and a good heart, O Lord. May we not just hear your word, but may we just retain the word of God. And by persevering, Lord, may we produce crops of your fruit, of your goodness in our lives, O God. I pray, Lord, as we transition now to the time of the message, we thank you for the time of worship and praise that we're able to sing to you. And now, God, let us just ready our hearts and surrender our hearts in submission and in humility before your throne and receive the word, not just hear it going from one ear to the other. May it take deep root, Lord, within our hearts. And Lord, may our mouths and our actions may sprinkle forth your goodness and your holiness. Lord, we just want to thank you for this time of your blessing. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Let's all take our seats. Uh, let's take a moment to greet one another at this time. God bless you. Good to see each one of you here in this place. We're going to continue on with our message, with our authentic Christian Christianity series. And the title of today's message is, How Deeply Are You Rooted? How Deeply Are You Rooted? Michael Introduced. I know in the other summary I said Michael but let's just, for the sake, let's say McCall. McCall introduced. Let me start off with our first scripture, which is found in Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. Starting with verse 4, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, 
Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Can we all read that section together? Ready? One, two, three. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 9, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Amen. This is also mentioned in Matthew 13 and also in Mark 4 as well. But I chose Luke 8 version. Now, let us tie this scripture with this parable, the parable of the sower found in Luke 8, to our passage in 2 Samuel chapter 6 with Michal introduced. Again, the title is called, How Deeply Are You Rooted? 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16 says this, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Now let's skip over to verse 20. 2 Samuel 6, 20, it says, When David returned home, to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. Amen. Again, the title, How Deeply Are You Rooted? Let's begin with point number one. And it's a question. The question is, is your heart deeply rooted in the Lord? Is your heart deeply rooted in the Lord? We see from this passage, in these two verses alone, 16 and verse 20, Michal's roots were not rooted in God. It was not rooted in the Lord. Through her difficult circumstances, her faith in the Lord became more shallow as time went on and not deeper in the Lord. Her roots were not rooted in God. Her faith was not deeply rooted in the Lord. And we see it over time that her roots in God, it became very shallow and it was shallow and remained shallow. Therefore, it will eventually die as it says on Luke chapter 8. Michal's heart was not rooted in God. 
Second Samuel 6, 16 says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window, not with joy, but when she saw King David, her husband, leaping and dancing before the Lord, worshiping, what does it say? She despised, she hated him, enmity. She despised him in her heart. Therefore, she despised the Lord also. Verse 20 says, when David returned home to bless his household, he came, he wanted to bless his home. He came with joy, with the joy of the Lord as his strength. But what happened here? She, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls, of his servants, of any vulgar fellow was. She calls him a vulgar fellow for worshiping God. And the description here of Michal, whenever you read a character, pay attention who they're the sons of or the daughters of. It says specifically, very descriptively, it says, Michal, daughter of Saul, in two of these verses. Michal, daughter of Saul, watch. Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, who was Saul? Saul had the same heart, a heart that was against God. Saul did not have deep roots in God. It says, Michal, daughter of Saul, Michal, daughter of Saul. She despised them in her heart. Therefore, she despised the Lord as well. And in the description of these two passages, it reveals the heart of Michal. What you see, what you talk, it reveals the heart of the talker, of the individual. Her words, it revealed that her faith was not deeply rooted in God. It's very clear here in these two passages alone that her faith was not deeply rooted in the Lord. Her heart was deeply rooted in herself only. Not in God, but in herself. So according to the parable of the sower in Luke 8, Matthew 13, Mark 4, but specifically here in Luke 8, it teaches us of the four types of hearts. Four types of hearts. And the question that I want to ask before I go ahead and discuss these four hearts is how deep do your roots go down? How deep? How deep? How deep is it? So point letter A, the hard heart. I pray after this message that you will know because a lot of people get this passage confused when they hear about the parable of the sower. But it's very simple. It's broken down into four different kinds of hearts. Letter A, the hard heart. In this passage, the description that Jesus gives in this parable is the seed. We understand the seed is the word of God. right? The Bible that you hold is the word of God. The gospel, the truth. It comes on the path. The path, it represents people. And the birds of the air, it says, it comes and snatches the seeds off of it because it is hard. 
The soil is not soft. It is not ready to receive the seed or the word of God. Can a seed grow on a rock and a cement? No. It grows in a fertile soil. So the word of God has no chance. When your heart is hard, it has no chance of penetrating in the heart of the listener. For example, the Pharaoh that we spoke about many times in our church. The heart that is hardened, apostasy, a spirit of apostasy. They are stubborn to the core of who they are. They are prideful to the core of who they are. They absolutely have no desire to want to follow God or want to know God. They have absolutely no chance of receiving the word of God because they have a hard heart. Verse 5 of Luke 8, he says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Scattering the seed falls along the path, not even on the soil, on the rock. Trampled on, the birds came and ate it up. Never had a chance. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. It's like when you bring a friend or a family member to church, they hear the word of God, nothing is penetrated in their hearts, they go back and they never come back to church ever again, even until they're in their deathbed. They have no chance because they have a hard heart. That's what Ezekiel chapter 36, specifically verse 26. Let me go to 26, 27 NIV and 26 NLT. But Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 to 27, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone, your stony heart. And give you a heart of flesh. You may read this, but like flesh, I thought flesh was bad. Worldly. It represents world. No, it's talking about the flesh. Just like when you tickle someone, they feel it. They're able to feel it. It's not a heart of stone. You pinch them, they feel the pain. When you're hurt, you feel the pain. The heart of flesh, it's alive. A dead flesh cannot feel. It is just cold, empty vessel. Verse 27, and I'll put my spirit in you and move you. Your heart will be moved. When you come to church, your heart is moved to what? To follow my decrees, to follow God, and be careful to keep my laws. And I like NLT translation here. It says, and I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you, which is pretty much the same same thing, but it says, I will take out your stony. Can you turn to your neighbor and say stony? Stony, stony stubborn heart. And give you a tender, responsive heart. Just like you want a tender steak. Nobody wants a hard, stony, stubborn, rock-hard steak. And a responsive so the first part is the hard heart. Letter B, the second kind of heart, is the shallow heart. The shallow 
heart. In other words, I mean the shriveled heart. When I say the shallow heart, the heart is shallow. It's rocky. Your path, the path is very rocky. When there are rocks, the roots cannot go deep. Therefore, it is shallow. Just like when we planted the plants out in the front, the ones that died, it didn't have deep roots. So when winter comes, or even in the midst of summer, it will not grow. It will not last because the roots are shallow. The heart is shallow. The shallow heart, it says here in Luke 8. So we see this image of the small and a big carrot of these two bunnies. And we see that one, it may look big, but the roots are shallow. One has deep, one has shallow roots. Why? And the question is because of the rocks in the soil. Because the shallow roots are, cannot go any deeper than the rocks that are there. The plant, it fails to grow, it, but it fails, it, it, it grows quickly, but it fails to grow and it fails to stay in its growth because the roots are very shallow. And you must be careful. Oh, be careful when you grow too quickly. Be careful of those who grow too quickly within a year or two years. What you want to do, it's a marathon. This is not a sprint. Be careful of those who grow too quickly because maybe it's a sign of this image that we are seeing here in this place of those whose roots are not deep but shallow. Paul makes it very clear for a person to be a leader or an elder that they must not be a recent convert or else they may become conceited, it says, and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Meaning, when you grow too quickly, when you're not mature, and you're in a position of leadership, and you take shortcuts, maybe there are some of you here in your youth group days, you were a leader. A lot of people who were the leaders back in the day when I was young, they no longer really go to church. Their faith failed because they became a leader prematurely. But when you take your time and you're tested and you're the underdog like David was for many years, not being recognized, just doing things for God and growing and maturing in your faith, if you do not mature, your roots will remain shallow. Your roots must go deep in order for you to be mature in your faith. Therefore, when difficulties come, when persecutions come, the Word of God does not have a chance to take deep root in their hearts. And in the first and second and third and fourth sign of difficulty, they fall under pressure. They are crushed under pressure. And their plant shrivels. And sadly, in the time of their testing, their faith comes to an end, and it's finished, and it's over. You no longer see them ever in the church once again. Verse 6 says, Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. That's why every week when the weather was warm, we water these plants. 
hoping that the roots go deep. Some fell on rocky ground when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. You ever bring a friend or a family member? They're excited in the beginning with church. They're excited to have joy hearing the word of God with joy when they first hear it. But the problem here is they have no root. But they have no root. They believe for a while. And in the time of testing, they fall away. They walk away. The shallow heart. The hard heart, the shallow heart, let us see the thorny heart. Thorny heart. The heart is thorny. The heart that is full of thorns. The seed, it reaches the soil, and as it tries to yield, harvest, and produce crops, but because of the thorns, and what is the thorns here? Jesus makes it very clear the thorns are the worries of this life, the worries and the anxieties of this life, the cares of this world. It chokes out all your crops because of your worries, because of your anxieties, because of your cares of this world. Your crop is your faith. It chokes it. At first they say, yes, Lord, I want to believe in the gospel. Yes. I do. Sadly, before long, the worries of this life, the pride of this life, the lust of this life, the greed of this life, the pursuit of the love of money and the pursuit of power, it begins to take over your life and it chokes out your faith in the Lord. May we not be choked out by the worries and the things of this life, but overcome through God by having deep roots in God. And before long, the seeds of the thorns, because of the thorns, because there are too many thorns, too many worries, you have too many concerns in this life, you don't trust in the Lord, you don't have faith that God has a hope for your future, you have so many worries in your life, because of the thorns in your life, it shrivels up, it says, it chokes up, and eventually it dies, and you cannot live. Your faith is no longer alive. It is Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. You grew up with the worries, and it will choke you. It will choke out your faith, and eventually your faith will be no more. Verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. That's good. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. You have to be mature in your faith, in your relationship with the Lord. So what were the three things so far? The hard heart. The shallow heart, which is also a shrivel heart. And the third one is the thorny heart. And the last one here is the noble heart. Amen.
The noble heart means the humble heart, the broken heart, the righteous heart. This kind of heart, it has a chance because of the deep fertile soil, because of the deep fertile heart. The word of God here, the seed, which is the gospel, this falls in the heart of the noble heart of this individual. And this noble heart, every single day, it begins to feed off, feed on the truth of God every day, every single day, being nourished by the word of God. You're growing in the word of God. You read the Bible every single day. You are growing. You are nourished. You are fed by the word of God, the truth of God. Even when the devil tries to whisper lies into you, tries to use people to bring you down, to bring discouragement, you read the word of God. You remind yourself that I am a chosen people, royal priesthood, a chosen generation to be used for God's kingdom. That God had a purpose and a plan for me, not to harm me. That before I was even born, that God knew me. When I was in my mother's womb, he knew me, and he had a plan and a purpose for me. You feed yourself on the word of God, and your heart does not fall. It does not fail because you have a noble heart. A noble heart is a humble heart, a righteous heart, a broken heart that desires God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every day, the word of God is your food and is your water, and you find your nourishment from the word of God, the deep fertile soil, the deep, fertile heart. This heart feeds on the word of God, on the truth of God. So when you see the news, when people are distracted with social media and other mediums, your faith in God is on a narrow path. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect. Of course you're going to fall. But we know that though a righteous man falls seven times, they rise again. We fall always, but we rise again. This noble heart does not get choked out by the worries and the deceitfulness of this life. Psalm 1 here has been a low-key verse for us this year, I think. I know that we didn't have a theme word or a passage for this year. But I think Psalm 1 is slowly creeping in, and especially as we're ending this year very soon, 2021, I believe that Psalm 1 is a beautiful and an important reminder for us. What does it say? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked. They are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to 
destruction. Let us not be like chef, the outer skin or the grain. <sighs> Blow and everything it has no substance, no weight. Like a napkin, like a leaf blown away here and there. May you be like a tree planted with deep roots. That whatever season you're in, you yield its fruit in season. Why? Because it says in verse 3, a tree planted by streams of water. What is the streams of water? It's the word of God. The word of God. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 through 8, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. I visited deserts where you see these dead trees everywhere, and you see this one live tree because their roots go deep, deep down, and it draws water from the bottom of the soil. May we not become like a bush in the wasteland. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, which is the word of God. The water and the stream is the word of God. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. There is no out-of-season Christian. You are always in season, and you must always be ready to fight the fight, to fight the good fight, and to be faithful in your faith, in your relationship with God. You must be ready to be that tree, to bring shelter to others, to point them in the right direction when others are struggling, to bring them to a place where you know that they can trust God, that God is your Lord and your King and your Savior. May we all hide in the shadow and in the shelter of the Lord Almighty every single day, in season, out of season, every season. That's why it says in verse 8, Luke 8, 8, it says, Still other seed fell on good soil. And good soil is what we should all have. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. The question is, do you have ears to hear what God is saying to us right now today? Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, and by persevering, produce a crop. Amen. This is the kind of heart that we, all of us, as Christian men and women of God, should have. The heart that germinates the seed of God, 
that produces the seed of God, meaning the word of God. Seed of God is the word of God in your life. And over time, you begin to produce fruits in your life, the fruits of God in your life. What joy it is. Oh, what a joy. What a joy to have a heart that is nourished by the word of God. Oh, what joy of not having a heart that is hardened, that is choked out by the worries of this life. Colossians 2, 6-7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. What? Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthening the faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. When you're rooted in the Lord, you're strengthened and you're overflowing with thankfulness. Are you thankful to the Lord or are you bitter towards the Lord? Do you have resentment towards the Lord as Michal did? What kind of heart do you have? How deeply rooted are you? Which leads to our second point. And the question is, is your heart deeply rooted in resentment? If you're resentful, you are not thankful. If you're filled with enmity and hatred and bitterness and resentment before God, you will not be strengthened in your faith. Your faith will be poisoned by the trials and the sufferings of this life. And you will never say, thank you, God, for the season that I'm in right now in my life. And if you are in this place of resentment, escape it now. Now! Michal could not escape her bitterness and resentment towards God. Michal could not escape her bitterness and resentment towards David. I mean, how can she when her heart is full of stones and thorns? How? She had enmity towards David and God and towards David, her husband. It says in 2 Samuel 6, 16, it says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, what does it say? She despised him. She hated him in her heart, which in turn she hated the Lord. So when the scripture tells us that she despised David in her heart, it meant that she despised the Lord, those who love the Lord. For it was the Lord that David was worshiping and serving. Her heart literally equals the heart of our father, Saul. Compatible. Same heart. Same characteristic that Saul was showing. If only her heart was deeply rooted in the Lord as her brother Jonathan. Again, it calls the brother of Jonathan. If only her heart was deeply rooted in the Lord as David was. Testings, trials, and sufferings will bring about two responses. 
Life's pretty simple, actually. Letter A, yes, Lord. Letter B, why, Lord? Yes, Lord says, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Again, what we said in Colossians 2, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So whatever is happening in your life, whatever detour or difficulties may have come in your way, you say, yes, God, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you're rooted, overflowing with thankfulness, as it says in Colossians chapter 2. Why, Lord? Same thing as how, why, why? Bitterness, resentment, anger, blaming the Lord. But may we choose the former, letter A. Amen? Yes. Lord, can you say it in your heart before God today? Say, yes. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Last point here, number three. I'm ending with this question. Is your heart deeply rooted in the self? in yourself is your heart deeply rooted in the self again you are either deeply rooted in the Lord meaning in humility and in brokenness or you're deeply rooted in the self it's one or the other. So when we go through hard times, we must look up to the Lord. We must not look to ourselves to save ourselves, for you cannot save yourself. We cannot save ourselves. Psalm 37 makes it very clear. Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord, not trust in yourself, in, in, in what you're doing, in your good works, but trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He, not me, he will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit 
The land, when the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. Verse 39 and 40, the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is a stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge not in themselves, but in the Lord, in Him. Amen. Amen. You will either stand with God or stand against God. One or the other. There's no middle ground. You're either rooted in the Lord or you're rooted in the self. You'll stand with God and you'll stand against God. And the last whole point here, very quick, very short, letter A. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised. Or letter B. May the name of the Lord be cursed. So point A, may the name of the Lord be praised. I was reminded of Job. Job's wife. And Job himself, complete opposite, same struggle, same suffering, same trials, same testings, but two complete different responses. What does Job say in Job 1.21 that we're all familiar of? He says, and said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. Ashes to ashes dust to dust. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. What does Joe's wife say? His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Michal and Joe's wife, who here has no name, they ally with Satan's plans and become their partner's worst enemy. What Satan was urging Job to do, to curse God, to renounce God, Nicole and Joe's wife, they did also. Again, two different responses. May the name of the Lord be praised. And may the name of the Lord be cursed. Be careful of those who are in the middle right now who are compromising, lukewarm, not choosing which side that they're walking in. Eventually, you will walk on the wrong side those who play in the middle. I pray that while we have the opportunity to hear the word right now, that we would choose the light, the truth of God and the word of God. Those who remain in the middle will not last in the kingdom of God.
Eventually, each of the three hearts, each heart, what were they? The hard heart, shallow heart, thorny heart, and the noble heart. Eventually, the first three, they all die. They all get choked out, and they do not last in the kingdom of God. I'm closing with this. And this is the legacy and the ending of Mikol. And this is the last time she's mentioned here in the scripture. 2 Samuel 6, 21 to 23 says this. It's not on the screen. But let us just listen and hear with our hearts. It says, David said to Michal, what was David's response? It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will, I will celebrate before the Lord. No matter what anyone tells you, no matter what others try to push you to walk away from God, say, curse God and die. Why are you still maintaining your faith? May you go back to the word of God and say, I don't care. I will celebrate before the Lord. For it was him. He was the one that chose me. Rather than anyone else, it was the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. And what David says here is more beautiful. He says, I will become even more undignified. Remember, he's the king. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be what? How can a king say this? Humiliated. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I'll be held in honor. May we not become blind and be blind as Michal was. How dare we have the heart to renounce the Lord? How dare we even ask others to renounce the Lord. So right now, may we in humility come before the Lord right now and repent today. While we still have the opportunity, while we're still able to hear the word of God, may we turn back to the Lord. May we turn back to Him. For he is your life, and he is your everything. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. May we trust in the Lord, and may we repent today, but we're still able. So with our eyes closed, 
and in the whispers of our hearts. And as I ask the praise team to please come up quietly, may we, in the whispers of our hearts, just pray to the living God right now. And can we, in humility, run to our living Father? May we pray and ask God, God, please give me a noble and a good heart. May I serve you and worship you in spirit and in truth and hold on to you as David did, as Job did. The Lord gave and the Lord takes. May the name of the Lord be praised. I will be more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. I will celebrate before the Lord. May those be your words and your worship this very morning here on this Sunday morning. Let us just come before the Lord right now. In the whispers of our hearts, let us just pray and repent. To our living God, let us pray together.
on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Heavenly Father, may this place where we worship you in this desert, may we find you in this desert to this sand, this holy ground. We lift up our hands and worship despite what season we're in or what we're going through. We lift up our hands and worship you in this boat. Even though there are storms and difficulties surrounding all around us, we look to you, Jesus. We know that, God, that you are here on the boat with us. For, God, you will quiet the storms and you'll fill us in this parched and dry land. So that our roots will go deep down in your roots. Our roots will be found in you and you alone. In the word of God and in the truth of God. In our relationship with you, Lord. May we walk with you wholeheartedly. Never in the middle. Lukewarm, halfway. But may we trust in the Lord with all that we have. May we stand with the Lord and not against you, Lord. May we praise the lips, our lips. May the name of the Lord be praised. May we not curse the name of the Lord, but Lord, may we trust in you and hold on to you in this desert. Lord, watch over our church. Watch over our lives. Strengthen us today so that we may hold on to you wholeheartedly. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. 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 Amen.